morning, Coastal. How you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. If you're uh, a guest with us, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say on that, but uh, man, we're glad you're here, and maybe maybe you're new here with us for the first time, and you're going, I I'm not really sure about that. Here's what I would say to you. It, it will all fit together in the end, and one of the reasons we do things like this is because we get a lot of our ideas about love and sex and relationships from music and movies. It's where most of us have gotten our education when it comes to relationships. And so we've been educated wrongly, uh, and we're going to help you break some of those myths here today. We're going to set a foundation. But I also want to let you know that in this series, all throughout the series, we're going we're to be talking about things that are pertinent to people that should be in this room. And so if you have younger age kids, like fifth grade and under, I, we have an incredible, incredible environment called Coastal Kids. This designed specifically for their age groups because we're going to talk about some things that maybe you're not ready for them to hear. For, for junior high or middle school and high school kids, listen, some of you parents are like, my kids don't know anything yet. Yes, they do. <laughs> but I think they should hear what God actually has to say about those things rather than allowing the world to continue to educate them on relationships when the world really sucks at it, Okay. And so we're, we're going to spend some time, we're going to deal with love and sex. We might even talk about some rock and roll, who knows. Uh, but also in this series, one of the things we love to do every time we do a relationship series is we love to answer questions. And so they're going to throw a number up. And throughout this series, if you have questions about relationships, text them in one weekend. We'll take an entire weekend. We'll just answer questions your questions about what's going on, and we want to help you formulate some really, really great relationships based on what God says and how he intended for relationships to be. And, and one of the reasons we do this, and, and, and some of you, if you've been here long enough at Coastal, you're going to feel like, man, I've heard some of this before, um, because every time we do a relationship series, people always come up to me and go, man, Pastor Teacher, I wish I would have known that five years ago or 10 years ago or when I was starting my relationship. I like, why didn't anybody tell me this? And so we want to help you and we want to be a resource to you throughout this. And so uh, go ahead, strap on your seatbelts. We are going to have some fun today. And so um, all of us have experienced love in, to some level and to some degree. How many of you guys remember that first person you fell in love with? Oh, come on, come on. If you remember your first, like, man, I fell in love with somebody, is that first kind of relationship experience. I remember mine. Uh, her name was Stephanie, and I'm not gonna say her last name because this is posting on, like, social media, and this is being broadcast on the web, and I don't want it to get weird, but, 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 like, it was a serious, serious relationship. I was five, and she was six, what? I liked older women, okay? Don't hate the player, hate the game, okay? And so, and so this is what I learned very early on in our relationship is, is Stephanie, she understood her feelings. I did not understand my feelings. Stephanie knew how to express her feelings. I did not know how to express my feelings. And I remember one day we were out on the playground and Stephanie walked up to me and she goes, TJ, I like you. And she proceeded to give me a kiss right there. To which I went out to reach out to embrace her, put her in a headlock, and gave her a noogie. <laughs> At which point, she said I was mean and broke up with me, and I was heartbroken. 
It's detrimental. I've been in counseling ever since, working through it. But, but we all start naturally as kids knowing that there is, this, there is this some sort of connection that we're supposed to have with other people. And there's this relational element. And this is what I know as kids, man. Kids can be brutal when it comes to breakups, can't they? I found some, some love notes from kids. And this is the Kenan. It says, Dear Kenan, I'm sorry we have to break up. You always try to make me laugh, but you're just making yourself look bad. We're over for real. And it had love, but she crossed it out from Stevie. Stevie, you ain't playing with Keenan. How about this one? This is Brock. Why do you not talk to me? We have relationship problems. I don't want to get a divorce, not a divorce. When you're young, it's a divorce, just in case you were wondering. But we might have to. I'm so sorry. Love, Paige. Girls, man, you're all breaking some hearts here. But Delandron's going to take one for the guys. He's going to go from Delandron to Crystal. I'm breaking up with you. P.S. Happy anniversary, though. One month. It's really hard to do this. Delandron's, ex- <laughs> he's confused. I told you guys don't get the relationship game. <laughs> but back in the day, you had to have some game to get to know somebody, didn't you? Like you had to have the ability to talk to people. Now people don't have to have game. They just stalk people on social media for six months. Find out everything about you, your likes, your dislikes, where you're hanging out at. They'll show up there and watch you. Like it's weird. Today, people pick up a phone number. What do they do? They text, right? Listen, millennials, young people, you don't get a 10 with a text, brother. You only get good ones by picking up the phone and going, hey, girl. What's your name? <laughs> You're like, you gotta, you got to have some game. See, I grew up kind of a little bit around church, and back in the day, you had to have some church game. Anybody, anybody grew up around church? Anybody know what church game is? My wife is sitting right over here. Baby girl, I love you. Don't, don't do church game on you. I'm going to do it anyways, okay? You all ready for some church game? If you don't know what church game is, I'm about to educate you on church game. Girl, I've been reading the book of Joshua. I march around those walls seven times. You fall for me. Hey. (laughs) Girl, you must be made out of water because Jesus turned you into fine. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, y'all don't even know what's about to happen in this series. Some of y'all like turns into. (laughs) I'm going to write that down. That's that's good right there, Pastor TJ. Anyways. Back in the day, we had, like, real heartbreak. Like, when I got rejected right there, we had real heartbreak. We had, like, real heartbreak songs. We had songs like, strumming my pain with his fingers. Okay, this is the non-musical group right here. None of y'all will try out for the worship team. Please. Now, I mean, love songs are lame. I mean, just lame. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? Say you never, ever leave me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're a teenager, what is that? If you don't know Drake, please don't ever get to know him. (laughs) Problem is, is like those same mentalities we had as little kids, while we might be 25, 35, 45, 65 years old, we're still acting like we're in kindergarten when it comes to relationships. 
bringing the same mentalities into every relationship. And a lot of us, we walk through with some, some misconceptions and some myths about relationships that I think a lot of people embrace in their relationships and they wonder why they're not having healthy relationships. So I wanna talk about some of those myths and then, then build on that. And if you're taking notes today, myth number one is this, if I find the right person, everything will be all right. So many people think, man, if I just find the right person, they're gonna love me for me. They're gonna love me with all of my idiosyncrasies, all of my mistakes, my past. They're not gonna care about my gambling problem. They're not gonna talk, they're not even gonna be concerned about my pornography problem because they just love me for me. And every married person is like, you're stupid. See, the problem with this idea, if I can just find the right person, is even when you find the right person, you're still looking for the right person. Because a lot of us, what happens is, is we find that right person, then they start behaving in ways that we did not expect them to behave, and we come to the conclusion that they must not be the right person anymore. Why? Because we get our love ideas from Disney. Come on, think about it. Where, where do you learn about love? Beauty and the Beast. He kidnaps her. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty. She's asleep and he's kissing her. Like those aren't healthy relationships. We think a whole new world. A dazzling place we've never been. No, 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 same place. You just went on a week's vacation called a honeymoon, and you came back, and you still can't balance your checkbook. Why? Because we give someone our hearts that we would never trust with our credit card. Which leads us to myth number two. All we need is chemistry and passion. All we need is chemistry and passion. You look across the room. And she sees you. And you see her. And all of a sudden, love's got me looking so crazy right now. Love's got me looking so crazy right now. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Because that's what happens to you. Right? You go, oh my gosh. You're a human and I'm a human. You like dogs and I like dogs. We're so connected. Science has actually figured out that there is this phase in a relationship called the in love phase. It lasts from six weeks to 18 months. Where they say that in your body, what happens is your body starts to release endorphins into the pleasure center of your life, and it makes you obsessive compulsive about a person. It's why in the beginning of a relationship, you'll go, oh my gosh. Her laugh is like a bubbling brook. It just warms my heart. But six months later, you're, you're like, her laugh is like a wild hyena. <laughs> and it drives me insane. Why? Because the endorphins are running out. And in this chemistry and passion phase, we, we normally go right into myth number three. We need sex. 
Some dude's like, hold on. <laughs> Listen, we got to talk about sex. For far too long, we've been getting our cues on sex and relationships from songs and from movies when God actually has a ton to say. And if we don't look at what God says about this, we're going to think that this is an old, archaic book that doesn't have anything to say when it comes to the intimacy that is needed in relationships in a healthy way. And so many of us, we think, I need sex. So what do you do? You jump in and you act like that person is a car and you go, I gotta test drive this to make sure we're compatible, to make sure it's good, to make sure we work. I need sex. Sex is not a need. Air, water, those are needs. And here's what's happened is, is because we're taking our cues from the world, the world has perverted what God intended to be one of the most beautiful, intimate acts between two people that are in union together for the rest of their lives. He's taken it and said, hey, give this away to whoever you want because it'll create intimacy. And what it ends up creating is a bunch of brokenness. Because I talk to guys and girls all the time that are like, I am so broken because they were misrepresented by the world's view when it comes to sex. And God's going, man, we got, we got to mature. We got to, we got to start to grow up when it comes to these things. In fact, what I want to do in this series, and today is a building block for the rest of this series, is, is I want to help us to, to get something. And it comes out of Proverbs 24, verse 3. It says this, by wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge as rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. What I want to do here today is I want to help us get knowledge. I want to help us get the right information in our lives. And then we're going to take that information and we're going to get understanding. We're going to be able to comprehend that information. And over time, hopefully, wisdom is the application of that information in our life. See, a lot of us, we've been educated, but we never had application. And we're wondering why life is not turning out any different. And so I want to help us understand today how we can grow and how we can mature in our relationships, not only with God, but with other people. And let me explain it like this. How many of y'all like dessert? Any dessert folks out there? Come on, raise your hands. Wave them in the air if you like some dessert out there. I like dessert. And... uh I found this dessert. Can you zoom, zoom in on this? This is called a chocolate blackout cake. Like, this is so good, it'll make you slap your mama. Can you all see that? So, so that right there. And so what we do is we go, I like that. I like this. Ah, words, words, words. Pictures. I like pictures. There's some stuff over here. I like pictures. The problem is, how you get the picture is by the process over here. But a lot of us, because we're immature in our relationships, we're going, where's the book with pictures? And you walk around and you look at people and you go, can you give me this? Can you give me this? Can you give me this? I just want to go to the big shop of love <laughs> where it makes me feel good and it makes me happy. But you can't have this without this, which means you need some ingredients in your life. Not only do you need those ingredients in your life, you need to put those ingredients in the right sequence to produce the picture. Listen, you can have the right ingredients in the wrong sequence, and it's not going to be good. 
Some of y'all know because I found some of your pictures, like this one. This is how it's supposed to look. That's the expectation. And here's what you baked. Kill me. <laughs> or this one. This is SpongeBob cake. I mean, doesn't he look good? This is what. <laughs> Happy birthday, son. We love you. Love mom and dad. How about this one? This is my favorite. So we have Olaf here. Man, Olaf looks so happy. This is the Halloween version. <laughs> Problem is, is we want the picture. We just don't want the process that produces the picture. And so what happens for so many of us is we're not studying what it takes to produce this. And we're walking around life and we're mad at people and we're angry at God and we're blaming others because we haven't got the ingredients in the process that God needs to instill in our lives to produce the picture of a healthy relationship. See, you want to know what a healthy relationship looks like? It looks like this right here. It's built on these spiritual, social, interpersonal, emotional, winky face. That's physical. That's for marriage. But that's not how we build relationships traditionally. Traditionally, what we do is, is we start right here. We start with winky face. We, oh, they look good. Want some of that. And what we do is we have this thing called lust. I want that. Give me that. That will make me feel good. And, and we get, we, we move from, from physical to emotional really quick because what we're looking for is what makes me feel good. What makes me, uh, uh, I, I just want to have those feelings. And so what we do is because we're driven by our feelings, we take our relationship under the covers before it's ever covered by God. We're wondering why it's not blessed. But it makes me feel so good. Then what happens is, is we start to take it interpersonal where we find out that all these emotions that we've been having down here, we start getting to know the person and we start finding out that they aren't the person we thought they were. They actually call this interpersonal stage the psychological stage. You could actually write it down as a psycho stage. Because <laughs> you're, you're like, you, you what? You believe what? You, you what? Like, how did I not see that? Because... You are being run by emotions, endorphins, running through your body, clouding your judgment. Actually, this is where a lot of people break up right here because they're like, who is this crazy person? And if they, if they happen to still be in that in love stage uh, where it's six weeks to 18 months, all of a sudden they start to take it social and they start to introduce you to their friends and you find out not only are they crazy, but their people are too. 
like, man, you're crazy and your friends are crazy. I'm out. No, but, but people, they go through this stage and what happens right here is you'll have one or two honest friends. You'll bring them around and, and, and girls, you'll bring them around your girlfriends. Isn't he so great? Oh, he's sweet. And then you'll have one girlfriend that'd be like, girl, he's a psycho. <laughs> but you don't understand how we feel. Why? Because you're still in the emotional endorphin stage. And then what happens is you go, you know what? I'm going to go have a spiritual ceremony. I'm going to try to throw God on top of this. And God's looking at this and going, you want me, you want me, what do you want me to do with that? Like, are, you just want me to bless that? And the reality is, is right here, what ends up happening is the weight of your guilt and the weight of your shame and the weight of your sin is like this thing that is so heavy on your life. And you think to yourself, well, man, I got to get it all together. And instead of having a relationship with God, you start to follow rules and regulations trying to earn God's love, and you end up with religion. And God's not trying to crush your relationship. In fact, God's going, that, that's not even what I want to do. In fact, Jesus said this, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden or heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. God says that there is a completely different way to approach relationships in life. And, and some of us, man, we've got we've to start to flip the script on what God wants to do in our lives. And he says, hey, hey, instead of doing this, let's start here. Let's start on the spiritual. Listen, before you ever go build a, a, a healthy relationship, you need to build a healthy relationship with me. Because before you can ever truly give somebody unconditional love, you need to experience unconditional love. You can't give something that you don't have. You can't give something that you haven't experienced. That's an impossibility. And so you need to go discover what true love looks like, what true sacrifice looks like, what true, true meaning looks like. And that starts and begins with a relationship with me. So this is where you begin. Whether you're a married person in here, whether you're a single person in here, you start right here. You start building your foundation in Christ. But TJ, I have needs. And you're like, but I need this. Here's the problem when you think that you need things. Your foundation only supports you. So that means... That you're satisfied, but everybody else is hurt. And you're wondering why your kids have issues. You're wondering why your relationships stop working very well. Because you've made it all about you. See, this isn't a foundation you can build a family on. This is a foundation you can build a family on. When I sit down on this foundation, there's room right here for Shayla. There's room right here for Alexander. There's room right here for a 140-pound Great Dane named Preacher. Sometimes I wish there wasn't, but there is. We need to set a firm foundation 
Listen, you get in this book and you start looking for the right person. How do I find the right person? This book really has nothing to say about that. But you start getting in this book uh, and asking God, how do I become the right person? This book will come alive to you. All of a sudden, God will start to refine you and transform you and create you into the person he always intended for you to be. And so you start right here. And very quickly after you start right here, you go social. You go social. You get in a connect group. You get around some relationships. I don't care if your marriage is great. I don't care if your marriage is bad. You start getting around some friends that have good marriages. Because you need some people around you that will encourage you, that will build you up, that will slap you around a little bit when you're acting crazy. You need that in your life. Single people, get in a group. Because you just never know, right? <laughs> if you're having marriage trouble, this is an important element. You build your foundation on God, you start to get in a group, and then you take it interpersonal. You start to get to know that person again. But what about, what about how I feel? It doesn't matter. Notice that there's no emotion involved right here. You want to know why? Because emotion follows motion. You start building your life on the right things, your emotions will start to follow the good things in life rather than the bad. So you start building, you start getting to know them again, you start finding out what your likes are and what your dislikes and what your commonality is, and you start building that relationship. And over time, you start to add the emotional element in because that emotion follows motion. Then you get emotion, then you, no, 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 no winky face yet. <laughs> Married or already married, then you can have winky face, okay? No winky face until married. That, my friends, is how a relationship is supposed to work. And I know some of you are in here and you're going, but TJ, mine doesn't look like that. It's broken. And you don't know how he makes me feel. Listen, you can't have emotional healing until you have some spiritual healing. You need to go back and allow God to do a work in your life. Single people. If you're in here and you've been building your relationship the wrong way, you need to break up. Somebody just looked at their person like, is that why you brought me here today? <laughs> no, listen, if that's, if that's supposed to be a healthy relationship, here's what I tell you. You need to fast from that relationship and get your relationship with God right first. If that relationship is uh, going to be a healthy relationship later on, they'll, they'll be there six months, a year from now. And you know what they'll be? They'll be the person that they're supposed to be. See, here's what we need to do. We need to stop trying to find the right one and start become the right one. Start becoming the right one. It's a great verse in Colossians chapter 2. It's what it says. It says, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord... You must continue to follow him. Now, I want you to see how many times the word him is there. It says, continue on. Let your roots grow down into him. 
Let your lives be built on him. What's it saying? It's saying it's all about the spiritual element. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow. It's an important word. We're going to get back to that word. With thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Here's the best part. So you also are complete through your union with your boyfriend. So you also are complete through your union with your girlfriend. So you also are complete through your union with your spouse. You are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. He's saying, stop trying to build your relationship on here and start building your foundation over here on the solid foundation. Build it on Christ. Let me explain it like this. When, uh, when Shayla and I first got married, um, I understood and she understood that we were both, we were both vessels. We are both vessels. Uh, the, the Bible actually says that we are temples, that we are a vessel of God's presence. The problem was is that Instead of my vessel being vertical to God, my vessel was horizontal to her. And her vessel was horizontal to me. And we had a lot of relationship problems, mostly because of her. And I was looking to her to fill me with love and joy and peace and patience and long-suffering. And so many of us, we walk in and we're like, you completely, Jerry Maguire. No, Jerry Maguire does not complete you. Jesus Christ completes you. But here's the problem. Even when I would get a little bit full of God and I was still living horizontally rather than ver vertically, even when I, I, I tried my best in the relationship, it always left me empty. It always left her empty. Because I was looking to her to give me something that only God could give me. And some of us, we have been sucking our spouse dry, demanding that they give us something that they were never created to be able to give. Some of us are so bitter in here at our ex-husband or our ex-wife because they wouldn't and they couldn't give us 
something that only a holy God could do. But here's what happens is when you begin to live from a place that says, you know what, Shayla, you can't fill me up. You don't have the ability to fill me up. Only Christ can fill me up. Man, I will love you. I will care for you. But I can't give you what only God can give you. And, and when I stop looking to you as my source, and I start looking to Christ as my source, and I go, God, I need you to fill me with love and joy and peace and patience and long-suffering. God not only fills me up, but he overflows my life. And that overflow, because he's my source, now I become a resource for my spouse. I become a resource for my family. I become a resource for everyone around me because I've found that I've got to get vertical with God and make him my everything. Listen, the system the world has sold us is broken, but God has given us an answer. Let's make ourselves complete and overflowing, not through somebody else, but by building our foundation on the one who's worthy to be built upon. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, we just come before you. And here's what I know, God, is that there's a lot of people in here that they have been longing and searching and hungering for something more. And they've been looking to other people to fill a void in their life that, God, that you designed to fill. God, you're the only one that can complete us. You're the only one that can meet us right where we are in our moment of desperation, in our moment of brokenness, and put us back together and fill us.